News Now. Hello, welcome to Nerd News Now for March 8th, 2020. Got Miss Jen, Kyle, uh, and 2021. Um, yeah, Mark, you just kept us all a year. <laughs> is it though? I don't know if you've heard, yeah. but well, is it? I mean, if you're in Texas, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get like that's fine. We can. It's 2021, but you know, my brain obviously is just stuck anyway. Um, but but how's it going? Not in Texas, like Kyle. What's it like there? What's going on? Um, today is one of those. So we get these days in March and sometimes in February and in early April though, where it's winter starts to screw with you. Um, which is you'll get a couple of days where it's in the 60s and 70s. And you're like, yay, winter's over. And then they're like, nah, it's going to be 25 this weekend. Like, So you'll get 50 and 60 degree weather swings in a couple of days, which is super fun. Um, so we're going through one of those right now. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, normal for this part of the world, I guess. And uh, Miss Jen can attest to this, but you just described like the last two weeks. So, I mean, like the, the, it's it's pretty extreme this week with, with the winter apocalypse or whatever. But Texas does that too, where we have forty degree swings, and it's like you you wake up at five and you yeah. I know it's different, but your forty but, degree swings are like from like forty to eighty. Ours are from like negative seven to sixty. <laughs> you know. Except- Except for the winter apocalypse, but yes, generally, uh, the weather's been much kinder uh, this week for sure. And I would even decide if I lived in Texas, I would wear shorts all year because it never gets cold enough there for me to stop. Um, it might have been cold for you two weeks ago. I don't know. No, okay, whatever. Um, Brainy, what about you? What's it like over there? Um, so compared to you guys, let me just say, um, on my drive home, I saw a guy driving in a convertible with a top down. So (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Well, that, I mean, that happened to me here today coming home from work. Cause like it, it, it has been nice like the last five days. Yeah. I mean, it's see, you guys get seasons. We get uh, seasons per day. It's freezing cold in the morning for us come around 9 10 o'clock and it's like 70s and you know uh, and by the time it's 10 p.m we're back in the you know 30s and stuff but you know we're all at home sitting in our nice comfortable heated houses and everything so um, hey, compared to the rest of the nation I, we're, we're living large as far as the weather is concerned now when it gets down to the other stuff you know we, we have our own issues <laughs> and we also have a lot of midlife crisis here too so that's the there's tons of <laughs> oh yeah today would have been a day where if you went out for the first time all year there are dudes on motorcycles yeah but well, they're still sure. having to contend with like salt on the side of the roads like, <laughs> yeah you know it's been like um that doesn't seem safe but you do you bro mm-hmm. and then uh miss jen we're both in texas so i know what your weather was like but how is uh how's your week starting so far it's really good. Um, I like it when we have weather like this because it's nice. I, I usually go and pick up my son from school uh, at about 2.30 in the afternoon. And so it's my one time to pop my head outside during the day. Kind of feel like a little gopher or whatever. And I'm out. And I'm back. Because so I go drop him off at the house and then I come back to the store. But uh, yeah, when I when I drive that, if it's gross outside, it's raining or whatever, then I just don't ever get to see the sun. So you know, hence my you know, skin tone. <laughs> At least there's hope of getting one tan arm as I stick my arm out of the truck window, if it's nice outside. I, there should be. I mean, it's probably we're we're almost to that point where it's just not going to stop being hot, right? I mean, we're we're getting you know there where we have like August heat in March. It'll, it'll be no time flat. Um, but as far as uh, as far as what I mean, 
I'm talking about the weather because there's not much going on. That's basically it. Wait, what? Oh, really? I got all kinds of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, there's I a lot going on. So, no, I'm, there, there's always something going on. Did anyone try to watch Tom and Jerry in the last two hours? Oh, in the last two hours? Yeah. No, but I watched it last week. Um, so, I would like to hear your thought on that, but breaking news in the last two hours, if you tried to watch Tom and Jerry, the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut came up. All right, hold on. <laughs> I put it, put it with now. Now, 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 they said, they said, oh, this was only occurred for a period of five minutes and we resolved it. So, one, if that happened to you, would you be upset that you weren't seeing Tom and Jerry, or would you be upset that you weren't seeing the Zack Snyder cut of Tom and Jerry? And Kyle, I'll let you I start. I would be upset that I am seeing the Tom, the, the, so, uh, ooh, just in the th- last 30 seconds, it changed on my HBO Max. It was Tom and Jerry, was right here. Uh, but let's, let's just see what happens when I put it on the TV. Why not test this one? I'm curious about the Snyder cut of Tom and Jerry. Forget everything else. I want to see that. Well, it takes six years to come out, Brainy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's had he's had what fifty years to work on Tom and Jerry, so. Mm -hmm. So, but Kyle, do you have feelings about Tom and Jerry the movie? And anyone, Uh, I lost you guys for a second there. Um. But I loved it. I thought it was great. Has, I haven't had a chance seen it. I have not seen it yet. But it's something out of play. Got to do this week. So I want to watch. Okay. Can confirm. It's playing Tom and Jerry. Yeah, now. Yeah, now. But two hours ago, it was not allegedly. Somebody on the internet's got footage. Probably. Oh, I'm sure, but like now I'm like, I do I stay on Nerd News now or do I just watch Tom and Jerry? Uh, because I yeah. bothered to put it on. So there, there's a pause no, um, button. It's it's an amazing technology where you yeah, can just. I have ADHD, Brainy. I'll start wanting to watch it. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I love Tom and Jerry. I thought it was the right mix of live action versus animation. I thought it was. It was the best mixed movie since Roger Rabbit. Wow. Um, wow, really? Okay. In terms of that kind of style where it's super cartoony animation versus not. Like there have been other movies that were better animated <laughs> like that were be- that were good mixed movies, but this was kind of, you know, that very far extreme. Was it um, uh, traditional animation or is it uh CGI? It's I would I would imagine from watching it it's traditional. Is what it feels like now. Whether they CGI'd it and made it look that way, I don't. Well, CGI at this point, I have a hard time telling. Sometimes, uh, absolutely. absolutely. But to me, it really did feel like that whole okay. There's a cell over traditional film, you know. So it, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um. Speaking since since you made a great segue without knowing it here. Speaking of a mixed live animation movie slash series slash sequel. I forgot uh, about around real quick. Let me go around real quick and ask Miss Jen, who's your favorite Looney Tunes character? Oh gosh, this is not fair. Um it's gotta be the Wiley Coyote. Okay. Kyle, who's your favorite Looney Tunes character? From Hanna Barbera, it's Snagopus <laughs> from Looney Tunes, it's Probably Marvin the Martian. Okay, and Brainy, same question. Now, are we including the Tiny Toons? Sure. That's a tough one. See, if we're including all of the WB animation family, it's the Animaniacs. But if you're talking just Looney Tunes, it's... Well, Looney Tunes, I mean, Animaniacs are technically Looney Tunes. So if it's right, but Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes are now part of the Warner Warner Brothers animation yep. family. Uh, I would still go for Taz. You know, okay. Taz is still... Yeah. It's and a, it's I, a I, do, I, I really do enjoy the, uh, the deep dive attempt, but my question was answered very simply. 
no one said Pepe Le Pew, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of outrage about Pepe Le Pew being canceled from Space Jam, but you can't be canceled if you weren't if your scene wasn't drawn yet. Now, there's go ahead, go ahead. The story the story I read said the scene was done, but yes. it was cut when they changed directors. But the live action the the live action was shot, and it's not going to be what people think. It wasn't complete or it wasn't done not because of that it was going to be you know controversial but because he was actually going to get his comeuppance but then they decided at the end just to the the character is problematic altogether so so some people are actually now upset that there's not going to be a what 60 year resolution to that whole character so i i can see it going either way but my problem point, with it is this: he was in the first movie, right? Gotta have him in the second movie. You don't have to. You do. Like I think Muggsy Bogues should be in this movie. I, you can't convince well, yeah. Muggsy Bogues shouldn't be in this movie. He was in the first one. He should be in this one. Are you sure that he's not though? Well, that's fair. But you know what I'm saying. Like even if he's just playing some, you know, somebody who they're claiming is a is a old man. Like great, no problem. But he should be in the movie. Same with. Pepe Le Pew, even if he's just sitting in the stands going, I remember when that was me, he should be in the movie. And and, and that's fine. I, I just I, I think that maybe it would have been good to have a scene kind of condemning his behavior, but at the same time, if you just wanted to do away with it all together, it's, you know. Yeah, but what does that have to do with basketball? Huh? What does that have to do with basketball? Like, it's a what basketball movie. Like, you could put him in the movie and not have to deal with his behavior. This is not a movie about, you know, Looney Tunes gone bad. Right. That would be Roger Rabbit. Like, let's, let you know, if we're going to deal with it, let's deal with that. But this is not that. This is a movie about Looney Tunes playing basketball. So let him be in the movie and we could ignore the problematic part of it because that's not what it's about. Well, it's still a movie and a cartoon, but I mean, uh, they're going to be doing stuff other than playing basketball, most likely. There's going to be a storyline to it. There wasn't to the first one. I mean, no, but I, the first one was uh, now very scary to watch. Well, Bill Murray's performance was always a little scary. <laughs> well, it's just that on on the day... That Space Jam was released on on home VHS is the day the pandemic broke out, which is where they went at halftime to stop the Utah Jazz game. And then you have that scene of the mayor running out of the Coliseum, canceling the season to protect his players. Pandemic. Anyway, Miss Jen, what do you think about all that? I don't know. I think I think if we go back and remove all of the you know, the characters that misbehaved in the past. It doesn't mean that we're dealing with the fact that we need to change our behavior now. It just means we're, like, getting rid of things that make us uncomfortable. So, I don't know. I think there's better ways, more healthy ways to deal with things like that. I think yeah. they can be used as, like, life lesson things. When you look at those, and you say, all right, kids, what's what would we never allow now that you're seeing on the screen then? There's a bunch of stuff. If you go back and look at, look at Looney Tunes, even when I looked at it from a mom's eye when I was watching it with the kids, there's so much stuff that they put in there that's clearly for adults to be to to enjoy and to have you know tongue in cheek about that the kids don't get. If they would look, if you did it now the way that we would, none of the Looney Tunes would exist at all. Honestly, sure. <laughs> so well, and like I'm having a thought. Like if we're going to deal with Pepe Le Pew's problems. Do we not also have to deal with Wiley Coyote's reckless spending habits with the Acme Explosive Company? Like, that's a guy who's clearly in financial turmoil and is in some sort of mental breakdown. Like, are we not going to deal with that? And are we not going to deal with the fact that Elmer Fudd is devoting his entire life to killing one animal? Not like hunting as a whole, but killing one animal. And how Bugs Bunny is a rampant narcissist and... All of these other, like, are we not going to deal with all of these? But no, we're just going to pick Pepe Le Pew and deal with that. Mm -hmm. That's my, that, that, if we want to deal with all of these, 
I would love to see the Looney Tunes in therapy. I think that'd be hysterical. But we don't want to do that. We just want Pepe Le Pew to get slapped around in a deleted scene in Space Jam. I just, uh, I just don't know how many people are in Pepe Le Pew fan clubs. That's kind of what my thing was. Is like these stories seem to come out, and then, like you said, you know, you can either way. I think um, Turner Classic Movies handles this whole situation very well, where they have a sort of like a a roundtable discussion before and after a movie that ha- is now deemed to be problematic and they talk it out so that's what i like disney plus puts has had and i understand they still have them put a little disclaimer on the front of like episodes of like the muppet show or whatever where there's hey this thing might be semi-problematic now but in 1975 that's not how we felt about it mm-hmm. so i think yeah, that's fine um they they still do that because the Muppet Show was just recently put on there. So well, I, doing... that's where I saw it for the first time. I don't know if they've done it on oh, all of their properties. Yeah, they they do that. Right. Um, but also, does anyone have any strong thoughts about Space Jam Two as a whole? Um, who's gonna sing the song about believing they can fly? I don't know. I don't know oh, what song is oh, oh. place. Oh, go ahead, Brainy. No, I, yeah, I don't want to get into that one. That that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Or is someone going to write an equally uh, earwormy song? Like when that song hit, like everyone was humming it for a long time. That song was just in your brain, even so to this gonna, day. That right. song still, you know, you take it away from the singer. That song is still a great song. Right, right? it's still a jam. Yep, like. So somebody else has got to write an equally jammy song for this movie. Oh, and by the way, LeBron James probably should learn how to act before they like made the movie. Um, you, you know, Kyle, you actually bring up an interesting point about the music and TV and um, movies back in the 90s. Uh, you know, nowadays we've gotten so much into the concept of just fast forwarding through the, the intros of every TV show. I started watching DuckTales again, and I still sit through the intro of DuckTales. Every single episode, I'm sitting, same thing with Tailspin. I sit through it because they put the time and effort and real real talent. I mean, like, they brought in musicians to do those, uh, into making those intros, where they're very interesting still to this day. Uh, and most of those intros I watch on TV, hey, skip intro, skip intro, skip intro. Um, but, you know, you raise a good point where... They do need good music to go with that movie. Mm-hmm. One of the well, one of the biggest things with the the original was that one song. Well, in that era was just a monster for movie songs, right? You had that, and you had the the song from Titanic, and like every I, every big hit movie came with this song that went to number one and was there forever. Yep, mm-hmm. Bodyguard mm-hmm. had it. Um, Boomerang had End of the Road. So yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But just to throw one at you uh, for DuckTales, uh, shout out to Suburban Legends, uh, who have the greatest cover of the DuckTales theme ever. I'm sure I've heard it, but i got to hear it again. Now. It's the punk cover. It sounds like Green Day singing the DuckTales theme. My favorite and, uh, intro that still, that still gives me the same emotional hit as it did way back when is the X-Men 92 lead-in. Yeah. Oh, it's still. it's the ring it's the ringtone to our uh, phone at the uh, store. Mm-hmm. So any, anytime somebody calls, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That and I Batman. always my head always screams out to me my X Men. <laughs> I had that reaction with uh, dinosaurs. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I was rewatching it, and it's you know I didn't remember any of the scenes, any of the show, but when the theme song hit. I had the most vivid memories of, like, I could remember the couch we had that I sat on to watch it and the carpet and the TV. Like, vivid memories of just because of that song. And it's that song, and it's, like, the theme song to Family Matters. (laughs) You know, these shows I watched coming up, and it's just the most visceral reaction. Yep. 
Do you have one, Mark, that like, like your it goes right into your soul when it starts? Well, I've got I've got Mash, the the mm-hmm. Mash, the sitcom. Um, I used to watch that with my dad and my brother. I've seen every episode five times. Um, I still think that there's an art to the opening credits. I think Legion did a wonderful job for a recent one. If you go back uh, eight, nine, ten years now, The Wire phenomenal because each season had a different cover of the same song um and you just seem to get like more out of it as the season goes on and then you have uh i think right now musically maybe not so much but viscerally doom patrol phenomenal because they actually put new images as the season goes on and you got pick up on little things like oh that's robot man's brain in that jar or there's a puzzle piece that represents something that crazy Jane's going through um and so to that end uh i still like for dramas i think intros but for sitcoms i mean it's like all you really need is like a a a five second riff and you're good i started watching punky brewster on (laughs) recommendation um but i tell you before I started watching it, I immediately found the uh, refrigerator episode, and I, I just had to watch it. And what was really disappointing about it, they did not play the PSA afterwards. And it was almost just, like, infuriating. But, Mark, when you started watching it, did you go out to, like, Spotify or whatever and find every time I turn around, <laughs> like, the theme song from Punky Rooster and, like, listen to it? No, I didn't. Okay. Because that's another one of those those ones that visceral like memories. Like I can remember my grandmother's carpet and sitting on her floor watching that show. Yeah. Like vivid memories. That's, and that's it's a- not the same same theme now. It it, it is, but it's not. You know. It's right. Like, yeah. I, and, so I had to and, go back and find the original and re-listen to it just to get that. And, and I know a lot of people did not care for the new Save by the Bell theme, but I love it. Because it's really campy and silly, and I think it fits what the show in 2020 was trying to do as an homage to the 90s series. I still haven't watched it. It's really um, good. But speaking of Peacock, we got some big big news today from Peacock. WWE Network joins Peacock on the 18th, so 10 days. They finally gave us a date as to when the two were merging, so... Wrestling fans, rejoice. You can now watch Punky Brewster and people take a steel chair to the brain in the same place. Yeah. Still not enough for me to pay for another service. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know how it's going to work because I have the WWE Network. And in fact, I think my bill date just came up. So that was renewed. And it's like, well, how is this going to work? Because they're not very, all these app services are not very customer friendly about rolling things over to the next thing. So it, it seems like you're going to be able to still have a subscription to a standalone WWE network, right? I don't know. I, I don't have a subscription to the network anymore. I let mine, I canceled mine about a month ago. Uh-huh. Um, just because I knew this was coming. And then I paid for Peacock. So it's like I went net zero on this deal. Um, but yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. No, that was a that was a big merger that was announced. Um, I think it, you know, kind of ties into NBC was really trying to make a push with different types of sports a while back in the NBC Sports Network, and now that you have all these streaming services competing against each other, I think you're going to see this happen again. Uh, I don't know where AEW stands on all this because it kind of seems like. They could go find a streaming partner as they well. Have one. Well, what is it? Because like every time I want to watch a AEW pay per view, it's like forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, no, that's that's it's Bleacher Report Live. Oh, well, but where's the kind where it's like eight ninety nine a month and I can watch all of it? Uh, whoever winds up with the Turner streaming service, so probably uh, okay. Paramount. That's, Paramount. Uh, yeah, Paramount just. They just launched it, what, this week? Last week? Something like that? This week. Yeah. It'll probably want to be in Paramount. There's a lot of stuff. Um, 
Are there any streaming services that you guys miss that have not made it along this in this battle? The prelude to the streaming wars, as I call it. Well, not really. Um, interestingly enough, it's no no different than it used to be watching old cable TV, where you subscribe to different packages. So you know, it just depends on which package you want now. Um, I think I think you know who's really going to get hurt is that is Sling, the a la carte cable. Um, I, are they going to get hurt? I well, mean, they're, only they're just because to... I could spend the money for Sling and get their a la carte cable and get a lot of the stuff I get from streaming services, or I could just get the streaming services. Like it's one of those is I think those are the things that are going to get hurt is these people who are trying to provide an alternative to traditional cable. Isn't Sling owned by AT&T, or is that DirecTV? That's DirecTV, isn't it? Yeah, no, DirecTV and AT&T have their own thing, but yeah. Yeah, who, who no. owns Dish Network now? I have no idea. Because that's, that's what Sling is, basically. I'm curious, I, I forgot who owns them. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, it's those guys who are like, come to our website, subscribe to our thing. It's an alternative to cable. You can stream it on your TV. Oh. I think those are who's going to get hurt. The advantage they have um, is, and the only reason I know is because I got it from my mother, uh, is the international packages they offer. Um, yes. Yeah, that, that's where they're still keeping their market. Mm -hmm. of course well, that's part of why I had Sling, is I had gotten the Spanish language package because I could watch AAA wrestling. You know, I could watch, you know, Mexican wrestling on the, the Spanish language package, but not worth it. Lucha, lucha, lucha. It's true. Some of the best wrestling in the world was on that show. Mm -hmm. Some of the worst wrestling in the world was on that show. All right, so what else we got on the docket today? Uh, I'm just going to lament over all the streaming services we've lost over the last year. And that was really it. Because now I just want to go watch DuckTales, now that you mentioned DuckTales. <laughs> um, now, are we talking old school or now? In fact, the new DuckTales is pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I sat there and binged that, but I'm watching the traditional DuckTales. Okay. Because yeah. there's only a few more episodes of DuckTales left, so um, it's going to be bittersweet because I think with tonight's episode, it goes past the number of episodes that the original had, which was like 65. Um, so there's probably not much more they can do, but the story is phenomenal. And if you grew up with that stuff, um, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, all that, um, yeah, last week's yeah. episode had a grown-up version of Kit Cloud Kicker, which oh. was like, well, well, this is awesome. It was awesome. Um, but I will say that I think the streaming services Quibi, which I talked about last year a little bit, that one died a premature death because when the pandemic rolled around, people weren't on their phones watching videos anymore. They were stuck in their house and they wanted to see on the TV. And when you streamed it to the TV, there was either A, no video, or B, no audio. And it's hard to watch something when that's the case. Also, if you're leaning into America's ADHD, you're going to lose to TikTok. True. Which is what Quibi did. I mean, really, they were leaning into the fact that we have an eight-minute attention span. Yeah. And they're gonna, you're going to lose to TikTok every time. Or YouTube. I mean... You just are. There's no there's no two ways about it. Oh, and by the way, I don't want to watch an action show eight minutes at a time. I just don't. Yeah. So I've been interested in the Reno 911 re reboot. Yeah. Right. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg cannot tell me a story in eight minutes. He is he's physically incapable of it. So what interest do I have? There are some shows that I wish they would actually just make them into eight episodes. Yes. <laughs> Where the entire oh, sure. story could actually be told in the eight minutes. Yeah, so I know I brought weird, this up. Weird question. What 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 is so different with TikTok than why what so it's essentially Vine. Why did Vine go away and TikTok now well, do the exact same thing? TikTok originally started off with that, uh, what was it, Musical.ly or something like that? Yeah, it started off as a place for you to post, like... Short music videos of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just dancing to the music videos. Uh, mm -hmm. Or Vine was more of, let's just do crazy stuff, period. T 
TikTok was, hey, let's dance to this silly song and let's see how crazy we can get. And that just evolved. Okay. Um, right. you, you might be right where it, it did become a substitute for uh, Vine. Um, you know, it was very interesting. This is a conversation I was having with somebody else recently. You know, when the older generation asked what Discord is, my very first answer is it's IRQ with video and uh, audio. It's the same as what you guys had for so many years. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the same thing with all new platforms. They are just repackaged some of the older stuff we did. We just, mm-hmm. they package right. a little different. I think the thing about TikTok that is relevant, I guess, is that it's independent. Like in that it's not tied to Twitter like Vine was. Well, uh, that, even though that Vine didn't have to be tied to Twitter, that's how most people used it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you make a TikTok, you can send it to whatever other platform you want. Oh, and by the way, it'll fit because of the constraints of TikTok. You know, so I think that's part of it. I think, too, is that it did start with something inherently simple, which is music and dancing to music or music and posting your own music, but limited to 60 seconds. So, you know, it's it's a bite-sized chunk. And if you can't decide if you like it in 60 seconds, here's another part. You know, you can decide if you like more. Um, and then it evolved into people doing other things. And, like, I made a TikTok last week where I literally was just sitting on a bench, you know, looking at Lake Erie. And I got a thousand views. Like, whereas Vine, I would post, take that video, post it to Twitter, post it to Facebook, post it to Instagram, and I might get seen by eight people. It's... It's figured out the hashtagging. It's figured out the the embed coding. It's figured out the algorithm, you know, that kind of stuff to get it. So you can make something really simple and get it spread kind of wide. So do you all have a TikTok account? Two. I'm still holding back just because, you know, I don't want the Chinese to have my data. I already know they have my data. <laughs> What are they going to do? Fix my credit? Like, <laughs> if the Chinese want my identity, I'll just come up with a new one. It can't be any worse than the one I got. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's I, so I have one for me, and it's primarily I made. I've made one TikTok, and it's primarily just something I can scroll through when I need to turn my brain off for a minute. Uh, and most of the people who I see on my TikTok are dogs that can talk. Um, uh, sports mascots doing dumb things and people who sing you know that, that's, who, that's who I follow um, so it's that's a great way and then I, we made one for the, for the experience that we've yet to tick any talks on but we will soon once I get the video of Jen rapping or um you have it it's just got the basic set, setup that we have now which is like upshot my nose right but me driving in the car yeah once i get that edited down or uh we've got some other stuff we're working on for tiktok just to use it as promotion for the experience like if we make a tiktok that's something that's really easy for us to then take and put on facebook and twitter and instagram to share to our followers to promote a thing so we have a branded page on the TikToks. When you said you made a TikTok of, of just sitting on a park bench, it really, to tie this all back together, mm-hmm. it reminded me of the time on Dinosaurs when they were flipping through. <laughs> so like the sports channel watching the, the grass grow. Like uh-huh. the live coverage of watching the grass grow. But it seems like a lot of people, even though they probably could go and sit on a park bench, they would rather just watch someone else do it like it's like therapeutic especially now during the pandemic it gives you some sort of like sense of connection or escapism but and it also goes back to the whole south park thing where you know why are kids watching someone else play a video game you know on on a tablet in a room with each other rather than having a conversation but that's kind of well it's like i shared it and jen saw it and it's like i go to i've been going to the same park bench for over 15 years now when i need to think or clear my head or 
when I was in high school when I wanted to eat lunch by myself. So I would go to this, and it's literally from me to, I don't know, well, I can't give you a reference because you guys don't know my house, but it's seven feet from the shore of Lake Erie. Like, when it's really windy, the waves will splash up and hit you a little. Um, but when you look out across it, you can see Detroit, you can see Canada, like, and there's a lighthouse, and it's just this really nice kind of view, and it's quiet, and there's nobody there, ever. And so I just put some, like, lo-fi hip-hop underneath it, like, really kind of chill, a chill soundtrack, and I just posted, this is where I like to come to think, and I put some hashtags on it, and done. You put Informer from Snow, right? I did not, but I would have <laughs> if I could have. So are you limited to the music they provide, or can you put your own? You can put your own music up, um, but I'm not prepared to share anything that I've made. So, like, there's one guy I follow who does uh, songwriting prompts. Like, it's he'll say, okay, spend five minutes working on uh, a song with the lyrics, this is a song for. And you have to use that line and then spend five minutes just writing the, whatever you can write. And then you're encouraged to share it. And so, like, I've done one of those and some of that other kind of stuff that I'll post eventually. But I'm not, you know, I'm not in a position where I should, I'm going to be sharing anything that, like, that I've made. But there are a lot of people who do really cool things. There's a guy, um, I can't even think of it, Nathan Evans is his name. Uh, he started the sea shanty trend on TikTok. In case you don't know, like, sea shanty is a huge fad on TikTok. Um, and this dude was a mailman in Scotland. Posted himself singing a sea shanty on TikTok. It went uber viral, and now he's got a recording contract with Polyphone or Polygram or one of the, you know, one of the poly labels. Like, just Boom. And then what happens is he puts it up and then he tells people to duet it with him. So now they're saying the other people are saying other voice parts over his original video. So now there's like 16 part harmonies of this song. And now there's the dubstep remix of the 16 part harmony version of the song. And then there's the, the country remix. And it's just, you know, it lets everybody kind of put their own little play on it. And a lot of people get noticed from it. And it's, it's cool to watch. Yeah, record label was Polly Wanna Cracker. So anyway, WandaVision. Wow. Good. Wow, Mark. What, mm -hmm. WandaVision? I know, right? No. Great. That was that was a joke on my level, and I can really get behind it. I'm just <laughs> yeah, no, bummed it I didn't good. make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I do think I, I would probably listen to that, though. But you know what? Like 20 years ago, it would have been on Rhino Records. Let's yeah. Be Anyway. I'm not saying it's a great label. I'm just saying it's a label. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my friends oh. who still work for Rhino. <laughs> so, so one thing that happened last week was that WandaVision's over, right? And uh, it's, thoughts. Who has thoughts? Miss Jen, let's start with you. Um, one of my thoughts is is that they resolved the thing that I thought would have to happen with the twins if they were going to stay in continuity with what the comic books said was going to happen. And I liked their, res their resolution for that. Well, we, we don't know what happens with the twins, right? We know they're no longer, well, the, the after credits kind of give you the mystery of um, what could be, well, I don't know how many people have read the comics, so, but it could be what's related in the comic book. So th there is that possibility. So you're absolutely right on that. Um, I do like the fact that they, you know, debunked every single theory everybody had about where WandaVision was going. Mm -hmm. There's no House of M. There's no bringing in the Fantastic Four. There's no bringing in the X-Men. At least not yet. They could tie it all together later, of course. You know, they can bring Wanda in later and have her just rewrite history all over again. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, it was a sweet ending for what it was. They, they did a very good job with it. Uh, from what you might have heard, it was sad for a lot of people, but it was still a nice ending. I, I think I think they did a good job. Do we know for sure or not if there's going to be a second season? There's not going to be a second season. 
it's just meant to lead into the strange number two and Captain Marvel number two. Yep. Brainy, did you notice, uh, did you do FOC today or in the last couple of days? Um, yeah. Did you look at the, they had a, a Scarlet Witch trade paperback that was available, that they made available, that was very specific in the storyline it was telling. Really, I must have missed that. Give me one second. Let's check that out. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe you know the people at Marvel knew what was going on and and made sure we were having something that made sense for our customers that uh, tied to the ending of One Division. Well, having it on FOC now, well, it's a little bit too late. <laughs> but it's ah. all they could get without spoiling things, right? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you can tell everybody what it is because it's just a description of a trade paperback. So, yeah, but it, the 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 material that's included in there, you know, the the I guess you're right. It includes the Doctor Strange: The Last Day of Magic, uh, which is you're right. That is very interesting. I did not. Um, if if anybody wants to read it, I can share that with you guys. But you know. Kyle, you got thoughts. You've been sitting on it. What's up? I thought it was a show that had moments of greatness, but in the end, just kind of was meh. It was a yeah, love story. I yeah. didn't, in the end, feel like it was great. Um, I thought it had moments where it was just absolutely brilliant. I thought the two post-credit scenes were freaking phenomenal. So good. I'm so amped because of them. Like, but overall, the show was just kind of... And, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I got into it with, with, with somebody on the internet about it a little bit. And I feel like what Marvel and, D what Marvel and Disney have done is they walk you up to the precipice of doing something and then go, nah, we're not gonna... Or they they take you they they serve themselves up an opportunity to do something and then opt not to. So, how hard would it have been looking back now for a throwaway line from Agatha that says, "When she's still Agnes, oh, I used to babysit this kid Reed. Your your kids remind me of him, Wanda." And now that's just a subtle little hint to the Uber nerds, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean anything to the average viewer, and nobody cares. But to those of us who are in the know, it's a subtle little nod. You know, and then that confirms, you know, Reed Richards in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It doesn't introduce him, it just confirms that he exists. Right? You know, it's the guy who was playing recast Pietro actually is Agatha's son. You don't have to do anything with him. But just to make him some stoner who lives in the house? No. What are, you, what are you doing? Why are you giving yourself this opportunity and not taking it? That's, that's become my big problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Is it, They give themselves opportunities to really do something that wouldn't matter that much to the average observer but would really appease a lot of the hardcore fans. And they never take the opportunity. So basically they're wrestling, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And, and to, bar to borrow a sentiment from wrestling and a quote from Glow, which I still wish was coming back for a season Amen. four, the money is in the chase. And I think that's why they leave a lot of stuff on the table like that. I, I... I, I had like a good four years of rage about why aren't you guys using Agents of Shield in a more universal way? Because you already had Agent Coulson in the film, so it's not like you'd, it'd be a stretch to put the TV actors in the film. But the only I think like there was like two or three episodes that did that, and one was the Lady Sif episode, and it was phenomenal, awesome. Oh. And so I. I I sort of just at some point just accepted the fact that like they're going to say all this stuff like it's attached and it's this and it's that. 
the the reason they don't want to do the Reed Richards thing is they may not have any idea how they're about to introduce that. And if they do, they're probably sitting on it. I'm not saying you have to introduce him. Just acknowledge his existence. And right? That, it's It's not like we're saying we need to see him. It's she just mentions that. And then the people who know who Agatha Harkness is are going to go, oh, she's talking about Reed Richards. That means he has to exist in this universe. You figure out how to introduce him later. I don't care. You know, there's just, it's, and this guy was coming back at me and he kept saying, well, I think the movies and the TV shows are a jumping on point for the average consumer. And I go, I get that. But to me, this is like making a movie about the American Revolution and all of a sudden putting fighter planes in it. And then saying, well, the American Revolution is just the jumping on point. No, you actually have a problem. You've actually done something that's inconsistent with the reality of it. So why not, why not acknowledge that in subtle little ways while telling whatever story you're going to tell? This is, you know, one of the issues I have with the continuity guys that always want continuity in the comic books. You've got to give the writers their chance to tell the story the way they want to. And, you know, that's how I look at the Marvel Universe. Uh, it's, it's not the Marvel we know. We've enjoyed it in a different timeline, a different stream, um, wherein what they're doing with the, the Marvel Universe and the television, the movies, it's completely different. We're not their target audience. We don't need to be. Remember, our group is very small compared to the rest of the Marvel I don't know what are these guys call that are fanatics on Marvel movies. Well, but what I'm saying is, is it's not, I don't want you to make a movie for me. Seven people will like it. And I'll be four of them. <laughs> like, I get that. Right? Tell whatever story you're going to tell, right? It's like The Patriot, the Mel Gibson movie. Right? And I'm going to keep going back to the American Revolution because it's a really apropos kind of relationship, right? So the Patriot is a really small, completely fictionalized story that, you know, takes place in this real thing that happened. You can tell stories like that in WandaVision. You can tell every bit of the story you told in WandaVision. But what they do in the Patriot is they make little allusions and little references to things that actually happened in the revolution. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that's all I'm saying is make little allusions and little references that people like me go... That's a thing that I know that nobody else and, knows, and that makes me happy. And I, I think that's where all the theories came in through with WandaVision as well, where everybody thought it was going to be House of M coming out or Fantastic Four coming in, uh, because we're so... And look at how disappointed people were. Um, you know, And that's, that's something... If they did do what you were asking, if they brought in Fantastic Four, then never introduce Agatha into the Fantastic Four movies, you're going to be like, hey, where's Agatha? They mentioned her back in WandaVision, why is she not with Richard anymore? Why is Richard not referring to her? Um, so, you know, it, it creates a conundrum for them at that point where you, you try to figure out where the balance is. And I think, you know, at least for the time being, I think they're doing it right. I, I understand the logic, but I've never seen a Marvel movie I didn't walk out of disappointed. Well, uh, I'll I'll still say it's not Justice League. So, oh, I'm, I'm I've <laughs> I've seen many DC movies where I've walked out angry. <laughs> Disappointed is way better than angry. And, and you know, um, we do pick on DC movies a lot, but they have done a great job on the silver screen, though. So you know, uh, we do have to give DC that, those props. I think they've done a very good job with all their silver screen, um, the television shows they've done, uh, at least the animated ones. Young Justice yeah. was still great. Um, oh my God, Teen Titans! I can remember. Teen Titans was good, uh, or Tiny Tune, Tiny Titans, or whatever they're called. So yeah, they they have done good stuff. Arrow was it kept the continuity going with Arrow and mm -hmm. all their tie-ins with that. Smallville was good. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Mark, I actually went and saw a movie this weekend. The was it Ryan and the Last Dragon? No. Oh, which was it? I went to go see Chaos Running. Which is great science fiction. Is that Slack. the new Running Man remake? Hmm? Is that a Running Man remake? Uh -uh. Nope. 
So it's uh, Tom Holland and uh, Daisy Ridley. Ridley, yeah. And the premise of the movie is that this is um, 200 years in the future, we'll say. And uh, people have been sent to this planet to um, kind of like be advanced settlers. And um, you start the film basically after they've been there for a few generations. They've got other people that have been kind of like heading their way uh, in space since, you know, way before even they landed there. So you've got this kind of like cycle of people that are supposed to arrive. The first people that arrived, something happened before we got, before you see this part of the film at all. Something happened. We don't know what it is, but there are no women. And the thing that you know is that the men can all hear and see each other's thoughts. So there's, it's not, the, the seeing of thoughts doesn't always happen, but it's a very strong thought. It forms a vision that just like floats in the air above their head. So you can actually see, you know, if they're using a memory, you can see the memory they're having. And so um, it's a really great kind of like commentary on social things in which, the, you know, like the idea of that, that the planet itself is a reason why um, men can be, men have this thing happen with their thoughts it doesn't explain why the women don't but uh it it has a bunch of unraveling that happens in the movie which would be very spoilery if i said any of about it anything about it and i won't but um it was, it was really good great acting it has a it has a feeling of a movie that was not made made during pandemic so it looked it, it feels like big budget big release movie in a big theater and it was made to be that not anything else does that also have uh, Mads Mikkelsen in it? Yeah, he's the he's the main uh, antagonist. I love oh, okay. him. He's such a great actor. Yeah. Oh, that that trailer really caught my eye because uh, I had not heard about that, and then two weeks ago, I'm like, "What is this?" So it does it does look interesting, sure. Um, and and like you said, it looks like it's you know a, a big budget movie, even though I'm sure. It, uh, you know, secure location with a handful of actors, but uh, yeah, again, it's like whenever a sci-fi movie comes out, you can't say too much, right? Because it's like <laughs> you say one thing and then yeah. you just spoil it. But um, so it has. So you recommend? Yes, absolutely. And then uh, Kyle, did you have something else to say about it? No, I I, I I I haven't seen the trailer for this movie. I haven't heard anything about it. But the fact that Mads Mikkelsen is in it makes me kind of interested because he's so good. So I might uh, I might have to try and find this thing somewhere. Is Hannibal um, coming back? I just want Hannibal to come back. No, I think Hannibal's done. It probably is, but it's... Um, although, I did find out that I managed to snag a seat in uh, a retailer friend of ours, of Jen and I's at least, uh, rented out a theater for Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh yeah, and I got a seat. So that's at the end of the month, right? Chris. Yeah. Like, and now we're working out. He and I working out a deal where we'll rent one here in Toledo for the next movie we want to do, and we'll just rotate back and forth between what essentially is Sandusky and Toledo, which is an hour drive, but who cares? Mm-hmm. But also just. To go back a few minutes, when you said it's like American Revolution but with fighter pilots, I just kept thinking the new Independence Day. It was second. Basically, that's basically what it is. Um, so, speaking of box office, though, New York City theaters opened up, so that's one step in you know Hollywood being comfortable putting out these big movies, which is good. Um, vaccines are turning out pretty fast, so. I'm done. Huh? I'm two doses in. I'm done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they haven't opened it up all the way in, uh, Texas yet. Well, the vaccine list. Here, here in Ohio, if, uh, starting Thursday, if you're 50 years or older, you can get vaccines, uh, plus type 2 diabetics and a couple of other, what they're calling lesser immune deficient conditions mm. so 
you know, it's I think my dad gets his on Thursday. Like awesome. Yeah, so by hopefully three weeks from now my whole family will be vaccinated. What is the does anyone know off the top of their head the population difference between Texas and Ohio? Uh it's Texas is bigger, but I don't think it's sign it I don't think it's proportionally that different. Okay. Like, Texas like up to thirty three point seven million. So. Yeah, no, Ohio is like half the size of Texas, and about half the population. We're like fourteen or seventeen million, something like that. Okay, it's just uh, it's a little bit slow moving here, but when you think about the amount of people and all the major cities, how we're all jammed in there, it's you know understandable. So, in the twenty fifth in twenty fifteen, well, let me see if I can get a twenty twenty one number here. Eleven point seven five million estimated right now in Ohio. Texas is twenty eight point nine million, according to the federal government. So a little less than half, but we're yeah. a much smaller in terms of land mass, and we don't have Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, these giant megalith cities. We have freaking Cleveland. And <laughs> Cincinnati Dayton you know for the first time in a while I'm I'm feeling hopeful even though I feel like you know I I would have wished that everyone that wants one can get one before we take that next open up step but even with that going on I think that the pacing is uh it's headed towards the right direction especially with this Johnson Johnson one shot and done but See, I think I think what Jen did, I saw her post today, you know, even though they've done it, she's keeping the restrictions in place in her store is really wise. Um, I think Ohio is moving significantly slower. We've got more back. I think we've got more people vaccinated, probably. Mm -hmm. But like today, the governor said, hey, it's okay to hug your family if they've been vaccinated. (laughs) That's our level of reopening. (laughs) He's like, you can have contact with other humans. So long as they have also been vaccinated. Well, and but what's interesting to go along with that is some of us will have to have that reconditioning of how to act around, you know, not only family members, but other people. And like on a serious, like being being serious, because it's like there's been a lot, depending on what stage of your life you were in, I think it's going to have a lot. Like, I think kids are going to that year to them is going to be much more significant than it was to me where I'm like, Oh, what, wait, did something happen? I was, I was just, you know, watching a, a few seasons of Aaron Sorkin shows on Netflix or whatever. And I turned around and time to go back outside. That's fine. See, but like, I think the kids that I'm around are adapting really well. They understand that, you know, the computer is a thing. Like, They've never not had this kind of technology. Yeah. So they're adapting really well. I think it's going to be people my age who are going to have to learn how to human again. You know, they're going to have to learn that you can't, you know, act in the bar like you can act at your house when you're drunk. You know, it's that you can't talk to people the way you talk on the Internet. You can't, you know, that kind of stuff. We're going to have to learn how to human again. I think there's an interesting thing where you've got a a whole bunch of babies that were born during COVID that probably have no idea that other people have bottom half of their face other than their parents. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's an interesting take. My nephew is not all about the top half of my face, so we'll figure (laughs) that out. I mean, he's four (laughs) months old. I mean, he recognizes beard and you smell different than dad, and that's pretty much it. So he's not all about any of it so we'll see what happens and and i've been going into work the whole time but i do have new co-workers that i've never seen their full face nor have they seen mine so even as adults it'll be like whoa wait who's this person <laughs> and you're going to go oh oh it's mark okay <laughs> right well it's and what's funny is it's like when i i tell this story all the time i didn't wear a beard until i graduated high school uh, i wasn't allowed in school to wear a beard so I went away the summer after my senior year and came back with a full beard. And I go into college and I'm running people I knew from high school who were friends and they had no idea who I was. 
And I realized that this was the greatest tool ever because then the people I didn't want to talk to didn't recognize me. And the people I didn't want to talk to, I could just go, hey, what's up? And they'd be like, oh, hey. So, you know, the mask is going to be a whole thing. Like, I think I'll probably keep wearing a mask for a while just so I don't have to talk to other people. I, yeah, and, you know, it's some. well, we can think about this next flu season, but it's like, eh. Maybe we should wear one during flu season, or maybe on airplanes, or or something. But I know most I will people probably wear a mask for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm looking. I'm already starting to figure out traveling for like my job for the experience. You know, going to comic stores, and you know, I'm going to go out. We're talking about going out to uh, a art convention, an original art convention, and things like this. And I'm going. I will probably wear a mask, even though I'm immune. Like. One, because I'm comfortable in it now. And two, because why take a chance? Mm-hmm. And know? also, if it can reduce con cred, oh my gosh. Yeah. Time, yeah. Right? Right. We and by this con- point, I've collected a bunch of dope masks. Yeah. Like, I've spent that- not insignificant money on masks. Because masks are going to fit right into a convention, right? You can just wear your fandom you know, on your face and maybe prevent con cred. So. I have a buddy who 3D printed himself a Mandalorian helmet. Oh, awesome. And he's got it built in right here so he can just put a – it's got a mask in it. So the visor only comes down to about here, and then it's just black fabric for the mask on the mouth. So he can – yeah, he can cosplay as the Mandalorian and still wear his mask. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I'm going to let you all wrap up the show with comics, so go for it. Sweet. And a sweet interview with the creators, the writer and uh, artist of Nottingham today. And so the best way to describe it is like um, medieval uh, crime noir. So it's a, there's a serial killer on the loose and the sheriff of Nottingham is going to try to hunt them down. The killer is killing specifically uh, tax collectors. So it looks bloody and awesome. <laughs> I almost asked you, I almost sent you a text during that interview, but I wasn't sure if it'd throw you off. Do you know how David, the writer, came to be at um, Mad Cave? Do you defend them in some legalities? <laughs> no, he like won a talent search they did. Oh, that's awesome. He submitted like a prose piece and they picked it and then narrowed it down. And then he had to submit like a mini script. And then, you know, it's like, he won a talent search and I met him. I didn't realize I knew him until he showed up today, but I met him on a read pop thing months and months and months ago. And he's like, yeah, I have this little thing at mad cave. You know, I want a talent search. I can't really talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's crazy. Cause for both the guys, both the writer and the artist, it's their first comic book work. Cause the writer is really a lawyer. And the artist is really a very famous musician. So it's just kind of crazy that they they both kind of like started their comic book journey doing this. And during this time of the, I mean, they both worked on it during COVID. So they've never had any Comic Con experience whatsoever. They've never been to one to, to be the guys that have done comic books. So I'm super excited for them, honestly, to be able to experience that someday. I hope they get to. Let's see what else. Blade Runner Origins, Children of Adam. Those are the number ones. Uh, there's one called Maiden. It's another number one. Oh, Nonstop Spider Man. I can't wait to find out what's going on with this thing. There's a lot of buzz, and I don't know anything about it. Uh, Proctor Valley Road. I'm so excited for that book. Mm hmm. It's all the number ones, and then there's a bunch of really cool stuff that, you know, we've been waiting for the extra part. Like Taskmaster number four, we finally get to see. Number three, you set the world on fire, and everybody wanted number three. So I hope that means that other people want to have number four now. What 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 happened in that to set the world on fire? No idea. It became a no highly idea. speculated book. I'm sure it's the first appearance of some character. I'm sorry, uh, what book? Taskmaster. Task. Number three. 
Oh yeah. Oh man. Um. Hold on. I got a note here somewhere. <laughs> uh, it was a first appearance, but it also had a. Uh, oh, major death. Oh. A major a major character dies in number okay. three. Oh, I thought it was the first appearance of Major Death. I got excited. Well, that'd be cool, <laughs> but no. Uh, it, it was a first appearance of something, and someone important dies. Oh, okay. So that's why. Um, the other cool things is Deep Beyond number two. I really like Deep Beyond number one. I wanted to see more what that's going to devo- develop into. Um, that's a vault book. And um, I saw something else that made me... Oh, uh, Carmen, number one. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a good... It's not as bad as last... Last week was so many number ones. I, my poor customer base. I don't know how they decided what to buy and, you know, how many pints of blood they had to sell to buy it. There was so many stinking books coming out at the same time, like Berserker. <clears throat> poor folk. So just something I'm excited for... Uh... Knock 'em Dead has been one of my favorites, and this this month is uh, my favorite cover of the book, which is the Steve Martin with the bunny ears cover. <laughs> um, uh, 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 shoot show number two because Jen has changed the name of that. Um, and then uh, a book I've been waiting for since I backed the Kickstarter, and I'm going to yell at Barucci going, "Where is it?" Red Sony number one, the commemorative edition with the cover by the Hildebrandt brothers. Mm-hmm. Or well, Greg Hildebrandt. Sorry, I can't say the Hildebrandt brothers anymore. Uh, Greg Hildebrandt. Yeah. Uh, condolences to Tim. Rest in peace. Um, but then uh, Maniac of New York number two, which is super exciting. And then uh, the book I'm most excited about from the big two is Joker from dc um it sounds like a really good pitch aaron halland gave the pitch on it on his show last night because he's got an exclusive cover and it is very interesting the story pitch for this so joker number one i've forgotten it's so funny because i only i bring my diamond invoice and i always forget there's a whole other company that i should be (laughs) paying attention to for what's coming out so I apologize. Mark, did Mark leave? Did I bore him to death? I don't know. He must, I think it. He accidentally got dropped. Well, I mean, if that's the end, then I suppose do I have to do the, the reading at the end? If you if you have it, if not, we'll sign off non traditionally. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I have it. I just got to find it, uh, in my photos because I saved it off at one point. Here it is. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, go. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now as part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out the other shows on Woodlands Online like Best You, Woodlands House and Home, Cooking Off the Cuff with Chef Wayne, The Adventure Begins Show, and Texas Storytellers, just to name a few. You can watch all of these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQT HD 21 over the air on your TV. All of these shows and more on your Roku right now. Just add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Well done. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.